0: everybody. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. We welcome everyone. So good to see everyone here this morning. Those that are watching us via virtual, we welcome you this morning. We pray God will bless you all this morning. And we're going to invite you all if you could stand with us this morning. We're going to get right into our service. And ask the Lord to bless us this morning. He had blessed us in our 9 a.m. service. And we're looking forward for another blessing from the Lord in our 10.30 service this morning. So we want you to stand with us. We're going to pray and ask the Lord's will to be done and that He will use us for His glory. Amen. Amen. Are you ready for a move of God this morning in the service? Amen. Hallelujah. Pray with me this morning. Father God, we come before Your present this morning, oh God. The hurt is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Oh God, I'm so glad that I'm a part of this great big family of God. I've been washing the blood, sanctified by your spirit, oh God. I'm so glad, Lord God, I'm joined here with you, Lord God. And father god as we gather in your presence this morning to worship you to magnify your name and to lift up your name this morning we ask You, lord god that you'll move mightily oh god move like never before in our service And that you will bless every aspect of our service this morning, that the anointing of God will flow upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. Help us, oh God, that as we worship you this morning, we worship you, Lord God, in spirit and in truth, because you seek it such to worship you, Lord God, as we magnify your name and as we glorify your name, oh God. We acknowledge you this morning, knowing that you are God and God alone. You are the King of kings, you are the Lord of all lords. are the first and the last you are the immutable god you are the only wise god you are the one that is and that is to come the one that we adore worship and praise and this morning we ask you oh god that you will bless our service this morning, oh God. Touch every person this morning, oh God. Those that are watching, oh God, fear, oh God, virtue this morning. I pray, Lord God, that you'll touch them. Oh God, on the internet where they are this morning. Those that are in the house of God, I pray, oh God, anointing that you will touch them this morning. Those that are sick in their body, we ask you to heal them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, Lord God. Let your healing virtue move upon every mind, every heart, every soul. Oh God. I pray in action, Lord God, that you will help us to draw nigh unto thee, help us to look to you from whence commit our help, oh God. Lord God, we love you this morning. Oh God, we adore you. Oh much we adore you, Lord God, and praise you. Oh, we magnify your name. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Oh God, have your way among us, oh God, this morning. Oh God, for we know this world is not our home, oh God. Help us to be ready that when the trumpet sound, oh God, we will be ready to make heaven our home. We will be ready to make it in the rapture, oh God. Oh God, for as you said in the scripture, you're going to prepare a place for us that where you are, we may be also. Oh God, we want to be where you are, oh God. We want to be in your presence. Present, O God, for in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hands there are pledges forevermore. Have your way among us this morning. Move upon us like never before. I pray anointing upon the man of God this morning. That is as he preached this morning, your anointing will be upon him, O God. Lord God, open our hearts and our minds, O God, and that we'll continue to submit ourselves to you, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord God. We worship you today because you're worthy to be praised. Have you in the name of Jesus? Have you in the name of Jesus? Come on, church, let's worship the Lord this morning. Let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Let's just magnify his name this morning because he's ready to be praised in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
1: Oh I
2: reigns in the house of the Lord.
1: Hallelujah.
3: Not for a minute were we forsaken, Lord God. Not even in the midst of trouble were we forsaken. Not even in our roughest, in our toughest moments
1: were we forsaken. And if he loved us that much, what makes you think he's going to forget you?
3: What makes you think he's going to forsake you? He loves you so much that he died and he gave us his blood that we may have everlasting life. And that we that was <laughs>
4: Hallelujah,
1: Jesus. What a beautiful
4: name it is, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, one more time, say worthy. worthy, worthy is your name.
0: Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands all over the sanctuary this morning. If we know, oh, God is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Let's just call him by his name, everybody, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, don't stop worshiping this morning. He's worthy to be praised this morning. I don't know what you're going through, what's happening in your life, but we have a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or think this morning. And this is why we can say the word is your name, Jesus you deserve the praise word is your name is ready this morning isn't he ready this morning hallelujah hallelujah he's ready to be praised this morning from the rising of the sun and to the going down of the saints oh god is worthy to be praised hallelujah hallelujah we praise your name this morning hallelujah hallelujah amen there's a spirit of worship here this morning and i know god is going to do something special in our service this morning but we want to welcome everyone that is there in the house of god this morning so good to see everyone in the house of god amen so glad to have pastor mcphorne with us this morning amen amen so glad to see brother sharp and his family welcome back amen and everyone that is in the house of god this morning welcome you good to see you larry amen and your family good to see everyone this morning the house of god you know um you know I, I i went back there early this morning and said the pastor we have a problem you know we don't have a space this morning and and this this is why you know it's it sound and if if you notice every every sunday when i come up to take offering i, I keep saying we need 1.7 million dollars And and the reason why I keep saying that is because we need to make sure everyone can sit comfortably, you know, six feet apart, social distance and all that's going on. Amen. Because if you notice the way things are, you know, jam-packed this morning, um, we need more room. So, uh, you know, it's not offering time yet, but I'm appealing to everyone out there that if you know someone that have 1.7 million, we will take it. We just want to get somewhere all our family can be seated. Amen. The Lord bless you, our online viewers. We thank you for tuning with us this morning. You may be seated. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Tom. He's going to come up this morning. Amen. With the announcement. Amen. Just listen to you for the announcement. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good
5: morning, church. November the 1st. It snuck up on us. We've got all kind of things going on. I said this morning at 9 o'clock we're, we're more to normal normaler than we uh, have been. And so we've had some things going on, a little bit of adjustment because of the amount of things that we have going on. Um, so here's some calendar items. This coming Saturday uh, we have our monthly prayer breakfast. Uh, those of you that are involved in the leadership team, um, also part of the calendar strategy group, we are moving the meeting that we had scheduled to the 14th. It was supposed to be on the 7th. It's now going to be on the 14th. So we'll have our prayer breakfast, and then uh, we won't do our calendar. So on the 14th, that Monday, so that's two Saturdays from now, on that, uh, that Saturday, we'll have our calendar meeting in the morning. And if you remember, fellas, uh, we were supposed to have our, um, we were to host the North Central Jersey District uh, Men's Ministry was supposed to be here. Um, Clearly, uh, we need $1.7 million so we can have those kind of meetings. (laughs) But Pastor McFarland has been gracious to uh, let us use his church, and he's going to be hosting the time changes. But, uh, men, I'm going to send out a text like I usually do. It'll be from 6 to 8 on that Saturday, the 14th um, in the evening. Not the morning. Thank you. That creates a really unique opportunity, ladies. So we'll more about that later, but that creates this really unique opportunity for our corporate prayer on that Saturday. Discuss later. Um, next family Zoom meeting will be on uh, Tuesday the 17th. That's at 7 o'clock. If you have not given us your email, if you have not given us your text, uh, your, your cell phone number so we can text you, we really want to reach out to you, so send you the link so you can be involved. Um, it's grown. Every time we meet, we are, we're, it's bigger, so we would like for it to get even bigger still. This is a new new announcement. Uh, We haven't announced this yet. The uh, uh, annually on Thanksgiving Day, we're not able to have Bible study because it's on a Thursday. So this year, we're going to have a Thanksgiving service on Tuesday evening. We will have a Thanksgiving service like a Bible study, but it'll be a little bit uh, more special. You know, Pastor will make it right. Um, So same time, seven thirty, usual Bible study time. But on that Tuesday, uh, we will have. Thanksgiving service final final um, is uh, one more time to talk about um, the Christmas banquet and I know it's a whole month or so away but the fact is is that November 1st snuck up on us right and so here we are talking about our, our, our Christmas banquet and it's at the Marriott they're giving us this great big ballroom all kind of space great big tables um, we're gonna have a great time um, this is one of pastor's special events and so uh, some things to remember, um, adults, $50, teens, 35 juniors, $10, and uh, more to come about that. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody.
0: Amen. Amen. We have a lot going on this morning, as you can see. You know, last month it was our pastor's appreciation month, and we um, honor this morning to be uh, here to praise and to worship God this morning amen um pastor i'm gonna put you in spot on the spot this morning but we wanted to take a break this 10:30 service uh i know you weren't expecting that amen so amen so we we have a lot going on right after offering, we're gonna have a, a another um uh video presentation so i want you to stay tuned for that and um you know just just be comfortably worship the lord what we do is for christ it's only unto god you know we, we don't do this for men but but you know with all due respect as we always have the phrase you know don't give praises to the man or the woman of god when they're dead and they can't hear what's going on you know you want to let them know how much you appreciate them how much you thank them you know while they're still alive and well let them know how much we love them and pastor we want you to know how much we love and care about you you are our leader and we do thank you pastor amen and this morning, you know, as I get right into offering, you know, it's offering time. You know, to my left, we have baskets in the front and to the to the back, we have baskets. You can feel free. If you're paying electronically, it's to my uh, right, your left. Amen. Feel free, Sister Patrice. You can do, if you want to do whatever online transaction there, we'll take it. If you want to see Sister Patrice, you can see her, you know. But be a, a cheerful giver this morning. Give out of your heart. So if you're... Plan this morning to give ten dollars and the Lord wants you to give you a hundred dollars this morning. Be a blessing into the house of God this morning. Because why? The Lord will bless you in return. Amen. So be a cheerful giver this morning and want you to give unto the Lord as we receive this morning's offering. I'm going to invite you, if you could stand with us one more time, we're going to pray, and we're going to get right into our offering. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We thank you for what we're feeling in this hour, Lord God. We thank you for your present. Oh God, that is in this place this morning, oh God. We actually, as we're about to receive this morning's offering, we actually, Lord God, that you will bless every giver, Lord God. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, oh God, make a way so they can be, oh God, a blessing in your kingdom, Lord God. We look to you. We thank you, lord god for all you're doing in the hour, lord god and as we worship you lord god we ask you lord god that you will bless every person those who have to give those who have not likewise and if there is someone out there this morning oh god that have 1.7 million dollars that they want to be a blessing to, into your house of god we ask you lord god that you'll touch their hearts and their minds this morning oh god we give you all the glory we give you all the honor we ask all these things in the mighty name of jesus we pray and everybody said amen Everybody said amen. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord this morning. You're giving. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.
6: Most uh, outstanding things is your zeal and um, the emotions you carry and your commitment for God. I think that brings a lot of people in towards God. Um, It definitely has its place in bringing in the congregation of God.
7: Brother Sister Wyatt, we love you so much. We're so thankful for everything that you do for us and for the North Central Jersey District. We're thankful for your leadership and your influence in our lives for just the close relationship that we have with you we love you so much and thank you
6: thank you so much for your leadership just like michael was saying we appreciate you guys so much and we love you dearly we wish we were there with you guys in person
8: you just really taught me um that you know consistency is key um so you know that's one of the uh life lessons that you know i really took from you um so you know i'm going to keep pushing you know i'm going to be consistent just like you because i know you're going to be a major success one day and you know i really you know want to be like you
9: Um, and yeah, proud of you. It's okay if you're not there for someone every moment of every time, but if you're there for them, the one moment they need you the most, they'll never forget you. I heard these words from then brother Wayne Wyatt some 10 years ago, as I sat in the back of a men's conference uh, meeting as he was talking to us. These words have rung true for me over the past years and have been words that I myself um, have held on to. Pastor, I appreciate you for your wisdom. Pastor, I also appreciate you for allowing me to be me, allowing me to come to you with all issues of any sort with my carnal self at times and my spiritual self and you being above judgment.
10: Pastor and Lady Wyatt, I just want to say thank you for your sacrifices, for the ones that we've seen, maybe the ones that we haven't. I never imagined that when I transitioned uh, from Maryland that I would not just develop friends, but you guys have made me family, and I am so grateful for the both of you in your ministry.
11: Happy, Happy Pastor appreciation, appreciation my day. Oh,
10: wow. They love you. It's Akilah, Pastor's one and only daughter in law, as he would say. <laughs> Pastor, I just want to say I appreciate you. Thanks for all that you have done. Thanks for being there when I needed you. Thanks for being the true man of God that you are. Um, I love you and happy Pastor Appreciation Month. I love you, Papa.
9: Pastor Wayne White the big man, the best
0: pastor I know growing up as a young person, and I just want to say you've been a great example to me. You've been a father figure in my life. You've made an impact in my life, and I'm really thankful for what you have done thus far. I hope that you continue to do the work of God, and you be the man of God that you are.
9: Happy Pastor Appreciation Day to you, sir. Enjoy your youth.
10: Hey, God Dad, I mean Pastor Wyatt for the people in the pew. Uh, I was voluntold. Uh, to do this video on very short notice so i was not ready um you know aesthetically speaking um but i think there is no greater time than now to share my appreciation for who you are and what you um and the role that you've played in my life particularly this is a selfish moment um but i think that um i know for a fact actually that much of who i am um, spiritually speaking, character speaking, um, leadership, particularly speaking, um, is hugely because of who you are and who you've been to me. So, um, I know that your ministry has continued to grow and it will continue to do so in Jesus name. And I just pray that, um, God will continue to have his way in your life. Um, mostly selfishly so that it's passed down to people like me. Um, and so I just continue to just thank you for all that you've done and all you will continue to do for us and um ask god to just continue to bless you bye and i just want to say thank you for all the love and support you have given the church and our family thank you for all the support throughout all our
1: lives happy pastor's Pastor's appreciation Day. day the Lord church.
8: Praise the Lord church. I don't think they heard me cuz my mask was on. Praise the Lord church. Amen. Um was well Pastor's Appreciation Day month. Um and first of all, I, I I got on a couple people this morning. I didn't get the memo it was supposed to be blue. I wore blue last week. Um so my wife kindly brought me something something so I could wear blue. Um, but, uh, there's not much that I have to say, uh, but honestly can say that I respect our pastor, uh, dearly. Um, you may, uh, you guys may often hear at times him referring to me as son. Uh, he's kind of adopted me as that. It's much easier to respect, follow, understand, and listen to a man that you can see and feel the authenticity from the jump. He's not working to try and convince anybody. Uh, It's either you like it or you don't. It's either you listen or you don't. It's your choice. Um, That's not going to stop him from doing what he's called to do. Pastor's a true servant. Uh, He leads by example. Uh, I appreciate the time spent, even given my wife and I counsel. Uh, And a little side note, we've actually been officially married uh, since May. And Pastor's excitement at times had him slip up a couple of times, <laughs> um, almost giving out the secret. But uh, even during counsel, while I've known Pastor much longer than my wife, Shana, Pastor has never let his relationship with me impact or reflect any advice, recommendations or words that he gave to the both of us. Uh, Pastor, continue to do what God has called you to do and be who God has called you to be. There's big things getting ready to happen in your life and in this church because of your faithfulness. With love from Shauna and I.
11: Praise the Lord. One more person, Pastor. One more person. (laughs) So, when we were thinking about what we wanted to do for um, Pastor White and First Lady White for the Pastor's Appreciation Month, um, one thing we thought about this year is that we don't really take a lot of time out to appreciate our First Lady. I know it's hard being a pastor, but I know it's just as hard being a pastor's wife. So, um, I met First Lady. I'd say maybe 15 years ago, and I watched you be an amazing wife, an awesome woman of God, um, a great mom, many things that I watched you do, I didn't expect to get emotional, I've applied to my life and my marriage and my home now that I have kids, I see the way you prep and prepare things, and just know that it doesn't go unnoticed, we see you, we appreciate you, and we love you, I've watched you 6 years ago transition into being a pastor's wife and to being a first lady and you did it with grace, you did it with honor, you did it with with great elegance and we just we just appreciate you. We thank you. Sometimes we want you to just back up a little bit sometimes <laughs> sometimes. But we appreciate all the advice, we appreciate all the ideas, we appreciate all the time and effort you put into making things take place within a church and the congregation we appreciate you so we wanted to give you your roses today while you are still here with us we don't want to wait until it's too late we love you and we appreciate you
0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. 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 There, there, there is so much that I said and done, you know, about uh, uh, you know, uh, our appreciation to the man of God and the woman of God, you know, you know with our thoughtfulness. And um, I'm going to ask them to come up. Um, they're going to say a few words in a few minutes before I invite our, our guest speaker to come and uh, speak to us. But I'm going to ask, um, in fact, um, Pastor McFarlane is a very friend of ours. In fact, his family. So let me take that back. His family. is no stranger to us. And uh, we we honored that you were able to accept our invitation to be here this morning, Pastor. We love you. You know dearly that we love you. And we're behind you with everything that we can do to support you. So we're going to ask so Pastor and his wife. First Lady, if you can just come up and see a few words. First Lady, give you the hand to say something first. And then, of course, oh Pastor,
1: amen.
2: Praise the Lord, everyone. I honestly want to thank you um, for the, the, the words, the kind words, and the flowers. Um, I truly appreciate this church. I've, it took me years to, to, and I'm still growing into where I need to be in God. So I pray that you would just continue to pray with me and for me, as I will do for you, to know not just that I'm the First Lady, but to know the place of the First Lady in the church. Um, it is very difficult at times to take all the ideas and to put them together and get things done. But with your help, that I know that I can do it. So I really just ask that you just continue to pray for us. Um, because there are times when it's just like, oh, my God, I got to go to the church again. We got to do this. We got to do that. But we love what we do, and we love what we do because we were called for this. Um, it becomes stressful at times, but when you remember that you were called for it, it makes a difference. So I thank you again so much for all the love that you have shown me, us, our family, and we appreciate it. Oh, he got his own mic, right? I don't have much to say. got to turn him on. I'm,
6: I'm just elated, grateful, thankful to all of you. Um, it's just wonderful to be a part of this family. Um, you know, in ministry, before I started pastoring, all I ever want to do is just to do the will of God. That's it. I'm not, you know trying to do anything else but just do what god want me to do and if that blesses you then thank god church i thank god for all that's going on here um you know i'm very very uncomfortable with what's going on but you know (laughs) i mean you know what are you gonna do Um, i tell you all to show love and i tell you all all the different things that i talk about and so you know i gotta just let you do what you do that's it (laughs) shut up and take it amen brother Henry said this morning they put me on the bench today (laughs) (laughs) yes sir. I'm willingly sitting on the bench this morning so I love each and every one of you I mean all that you've done today is so special but I know um, we love each other and um, yes when the time comes for us to show the love let's show the love but I love you I know you love me and together we're gonna go to heaven Amen. amen I love you
1: He has today. to
2: take his computer. What what was it? A TV? His TV. Whatever. Whatever. All oh, that belongs to all you. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. All right.
6: All right. I was wondering why they had two bottles of water. I <laughs> know. <laughs>
0: Praise God. I understand we're going to invite you all if you can stand with us. Amen. We come to a very uh, important part of our service this morning. Amen. And without any further ado, um, I'm going to invite a man of God, a friend of ours, family member, family. Amen. It's part of us. Uh, We're honored to have Pastor MacFarlane with us this morning. Pastor MacFarlane, we want you to come, we want you to take your liberty. And um, this is home, so if you want to preach for an hour, that's
7: okay with us. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Is it okay if I take this off? pastors get get really cool masks because their people love them isn't that cool i got one of these handmade masks you can be seated for a moment i i get i before i say anything about the word of god i got to give my two cents in here um that basket by the way is from the family church and uh we uh we mentioned that in our um see your wife was behind your back reaching out to me and you know, in other circumstances, people might think that's strange, where the pastor's wife is talking to another pastor, and, uh, but not when you're family, not when you're family, and, uh, and uh, it's, uh, so she asked me, and I, I, as soon as she, of course, I was not going to say no, but immediately, I felt the uncomfortableness that I know you're going to feel when today came, because I've been there, and it's, when when the people love you and they start, sh- yeah, I my that was a smart decision. I wish they had done that. Would they surprised me one time and I preached and everything and then they had a whole presentation afterward and I felt so bad, because the pe- keeping the service so much longer and the people so much longer. You think about that when you're the pastor. You like people got work tomorrow. They got uh, all this stuff and I told them don't do that again. If you're gonna do something, let me know, and I'll I'll go to the bench. So we, we you know I I felt so terrible about that because I preached my guts out like I do, and then and then there's this whole program where everybody just keeps talking about me, and it's like ah yeah yeah let's talk about something else. I understand, brother. I understand. It's so crazy. Uh, I I think about how amazing God is. Pastor Wyatt and I have nothing in common. We don't come from the same neighborhood. We don't come from the same part of the country. The only two things we have in common are we love Jesus with everything we got. And somehow we got gorgeous women to marry us. That's that's the only thing we have in common. And you know what? I, I that's a pretty good thing to have in common. And I mean, it it is it's you've probably heard the story many times about how God really brought us together, and He destined for us to be together and to be friends. And He's been there for me, and I pray that I've been there for Him in in certain circumstances and times. And sometimes when you're a pastor, there's things you need to talk about that you can't talk about to everybody else because number one, they don't understand. Number two, they bury it away as ammunition for some other time. So you just got to keep your mouth shut, except it's so nice that you have somebody that you know loves you and that you can talk to them about anything and you know, they're going to be honest with you because they love you. And I have that relationship with your, (coughs) excuse me, with your pastor and, I love him. The family church, I I always tell us, and they even talk about it even without me saying it at the family church. The last two years, the family church has just experienced amazing revival, and uh, it's a beautiful, awesome experience. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Connor, my son, got baptized. It was so – and I'm just making myself at home. I want to tell you a cool story. He – does not like to put his face in the water he is terrified he does not want to do that but we had a new family that was visiting and i was preaching on the name of jesus and we're praying with them at the altar after service and the young girl uh never been baptized i was talking to her and explaining her what baptism was i wasn't even thinking that connor is right over here on the side listening to everything i have to say and after she I said you need to talk to your dad, I was talking to her dad and they I said we'll 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 meet this, this week and we'll talk further. And after I was done, Connor comes up to me on his own and he goes, Dad, I think I kinda wanna get baptized. And I was like, Okay, praise God, hallelujah. Then um let's uh what, what do you, what do you why do you want to get baptized and he goes well i know the bible says i need to be baptized and it takes my sins away and i'm like you're base. that's that's about all you need to know to be baptized that jesus is god and he told us to get baptized and it'll take your sins away that's you don't need to know the doctrinal theology of baptism you just need to know that so but i was still excited and so i spent two days praying about it to make sure he was ready and he wasn't just Saying stuff about hype or anything because we believe in this church that you don't baptize your children children kicking and screaming. They get baptized because they have decided they want to be a child of God. And so I prayed. I felt at peace with it. And so um, we decided after our service we were going to baptize them. There's a family in our our church that God has blessed them with a, a beautiful home right by the church. And uh, that they are where we do our baptisms anyway, in their hot tub. So I said, well, let's just do it after church. So I preached a shortened sermon, which is really hard for a preacher to do. But when you got stuff going on, you do it. And uh, we all gathered up in the cars, drove around the block over to their house. And he is excited. He woke up in the morning. I'm getting baptized today. He's pumped up. I go with him. We get changed. And he goes, Dad, I don't just want to get it over with. I want to do it. And I was like, that's right, let's do it. And as soon as we get out there and he saw the water, he started crying. And he's like, I ain't no way. And I, I was like, well, we're not. And I told everybody, you know, that's like, you know, how do you handle this? This is a new situation. And I said, well, listen up, everybody. We're going to talk to Connor. And if he doesn't want to get baptized, he's not getting baptized tonight. So uh, and uh, they just all start singing songs and praying and. I, I was in there talking with him, and, and he was nervous, and Sharon, my wife, was talking with him, and, and I said, well, do you want mama to baptize you? Because, you know, boys and their mamas, that's, uh, it, when every mama have a boy in the house? Raise your hand. If uh, if you're a mama and you got a boy in the house, your husband has to learn that mama's got a boyfriend, <laughs> that the, the their sons are their boyfriends. So I said, you want mama to baptize you? And he goes, yeah, and... And Sharon looked at me like I had five heads. She's like, oh, dear God, I can't. She's, she was not excited about that object uh, idea. And I said, it don't matter who baptized you. It matters who you getting baptized in Jesus' name. And so I was, if he wanted to, I, I had no problem stepping back. And and she was still not comfortable. She brings him, and he, he gets in the water, and he's still nervous. And then uh, my my father in law and mother in law were there, and uh, somebody got to talking, and somebody mentioned you want granddad to baptize you, and he goes, yeah, I want granddad to baptize me. So I asked Pastor Carter, and uh, he came over and he baptized him, and it was a thrill and a joy for him. And he came out of the water, and I have a picture. I'm holding him up, and all the tears and trepidation. He's got his hand raised in the air. He even on his own he gave his testimony to the whole church. He wasn't scared. But I, I well, the cool part about that, and this is what the family of God does, about a month ago, we baptized a family, and they are in love with Jesus, and they are following God and excited to be members of the family church and everything that's going on. When Connor was inside and he was he was nervous and struggling, that new convert she walked in on her own, nobody told her. she walked in on her own, and she just began to talk to Connor. And she began to set him at ease. She said, I was really nervous when I got baptized. And she brought out her phone and showed the video. But here's me getting baptized. And it was so great. And I feel so amazing. And you could literally feel his spirit release that anxiety and that fear. How many knows God has not given us the spirit of fear? And a brand new child of God was able to minister to my son. And I'm the pastor. But he was more ready to listen to what she had to say. Now, this is not my message, but I'm ready to preach like a little two-sentence sermon that you need to hear. You have a ministry. There are words that God has called you to speak. There are actions and lives God has called you to do and be that only you can do. And that's why we are the family of God. And we all work together to do what God has called us to do. So God is doing great things in the family church, and uh, we are a daughter work, or were a daughter work out of the Staten Island church, but we started around the same time as you guys, and we always just call ourselves sister churches, that uh, we're all just one big family. And it was hard, but I did mention to everyone there was that they wanted to show up today, and I was like, you can't, you can't come. Uh, I, I showed them the the, the they probably watching on the on the on the uh, streaming but i said you can't go they don't have the space and i I said i'm not even bringing my family for the space reasons but uh they wanted to be here and celebrate your pastor we love your pastor and uh, some folks have a really good pastor and some folks have the best and you guys have the best amen praise god now you can stand up because i'm going to read a little bit of the word of god and I'm going to preach as quick as I can to deliver the word of God. Um, Daniel chapter 2. This is not my wheelhouse. But uh, I, I preached this a couple of weeks ago at our church, and I don't often like to – I'm not one of those guys that have my messages that I keep in the, in the package. And whenever I need to go somewhere, oh, this one's a good one. I'm going to pull this one out and deliver this.
1: Because
7: – I can't ever do anything the same way twice anyway, so it might be good one time and really bad the next. So I've learned I have to rely on Jesus. But God has directed this message, and I have no idea what it has to do with pastor's appreciation. I think it just has to do with the church, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And Daniel chapter 2, verse 1 through 6 says, now, in the second year, I'm reading from the New King James. Are you guys in King James? I can change that real quick. The fanciness of uh of, of our, our toys. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. Wherewith he sp- his spirit was troubled, and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the mag- magicians, and the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans, <clears throat> I got to get my Chaldean voice. To the king in Syriac, O king live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. That's the that's how Chaldeans sounded. You guys never knew that until today. Then the king, that's not I'm being funny. Do, do not think I'm trying to be arrogant. That's totally a joke. Then where am I at verse 4? 5. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, "The thing is gone from me. If you will know, if you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, you shall be cut in pieces and your house Shall be made a dunghill. But if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. That's an easy task, huh? I forgot what I dreamed, but you guys are the smart ones. You're going to tell me what I dreamed and then tell me what it means, and you're going to be rewarded greatly. If you don't, I'm going to kill you and your family and everybody you knew and looked at sideways. Gee, that's a great thing. I'm going to leave it right there for a moment. Nobody has probably ever stopped there to pray before they preach because that's like a real downer, but that's what I'm going to do. Place your Bibles down. Lift your hands in the air one more time. We're going to ask God to have his way today. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word We thank you for this great celebration of the man and woman of God in this house. I pray, God, that your word would come forth without fear or favor. I pray, God, that you would speak to your people. If anything I say be not in agreement with your word, let it be forgotten from every ear. But God, send forth your truth. In the name of Jesus and the authority that you've given your church, I release the spirit of truth into this place. I release the fear of the Lord into this house. I bind fear and doubt and all discouragement and all anxiety in the name of Jesus. And God, I release your peace. Let it be in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You may be seated. So obviously, after this goofy king comes to him and says, Tell me what I forgot I dreamed or you're dead. They say, nobody can tell you what that is except the gods, and they don't talk to humans. So how do you expect us to tell you what's going on? That's crazy. What you ask is too hard. And he said, I know how you feel. Start killing them. So they literally were dying. Guess who happened to be members of this group that was dying? A guy named Daniel. And a guy named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were all the good, smart people that the Babylonian king took from the king of the, the, the kingdom of Judah. Because he said, I'm going to use your intelligence and wisdom in my kingdom. And so they come to they come to Daniel and, and, and they say, All right, tell us what the, the thing is, or we're going to hack you to pieces. He goes, Can I get a moment to speak to the king? And he said, all right, yeah, because Daniel had favor with them. So Daniel goes and talks to the king, and he says, "Can before you wipe me out, can you give me a little time to sleep on it and think about it? And so the king says, oh, I got plenty of other guys I can kill while they're waiting to you. You can go to the end of the line. This is the Matt McFarlane translation, by the way. But you can read it. It's all in Daniel chapter 2. And he, he's going on and going on, and he's, he's, he, he – I'll just read it in verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house, and he made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the Babylonian names, but their Hebrew names were Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And Daniel's well, his Babylonian name was like Belteshazzar or something like that, or I can't even remember. It doesn't really matter. And uh, verse eighteen. Well, before I get to verse 18, when you got a problem and you got a serious problem, and this is a serious problem in America, we got some serious problems on planet Earth. We got some serious problems. It is so good to have some friends that love you that know how to touch the throne. They know how to realize there is wisdom from above that we have access to. And sometimes when you're so fearful and you're so caught up in the things going on around you that you can get real tunnel vision. And you can't see anything else but your problem. And you are magnifying your problem and that is all you are seeing. Everybody, you ever use a telescope? And and it's so cool where you you focus it in and you see something that is miles away. And you see it like it's right there. But part of being able to see that is you can't see anything else going on around you. You got to get into that one little focus spot and focus on that so you can see it clearly. Now, the Bible says they didn't have the, the technology of telescopes or magnifying glasses back when it was written. But the concept remains the same. The Bible says over and over again, magnify the Lord with me. Some of y'all got your telescopes in the wrong direction. You're looking at the neighbors instead of looking at God. And you're seeing nonsense and trouble and trial and politics and race and this and that instead of what you're supposed to be magnifying. And here... Here they are, you're magnifying, and that's what the advantage is. Sometimes you're a good person, you love God, you go to church, you pay your tithes, you love Jesus. But your problem is so big, you can't help yourself. You got issues that are so real and powerful that you can't see anything else but the issue. That's why you got to have somebody in your life to say, I need to go to my friend's. They got to help me get things right. They got to help me bring the right thing back into focus. I need to help. That's why we have prayer meeting, church. A church on its knees is more powerful than the world standing up because prayer brings us into right focus and right relationship with our God. And so we got to get into that right situation, we got to get into that right position. And y'all know Daniel knew how to pray. But sometimes your personal prayer isn't enough. That's not a popular saying. Some folks are like, they're so proud of their prayer life that it's no good to them. I can pray. I can pray for 17 hours a day and then go to sleep
11: and then wake up again and do it all over again.
7: Well, God bless you. Old Jewish proverb says, the prayer of a righteous man is short think about that if you got faith and you believe what god has said you don't have to repeat it for 17 hours i'm not coming against anybody that has a long type of prayer you your own prayer life is great between you and god and your pastor that's all wonderful but don't let your don't become pharisaical don't become like my walk with god is so blah 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 blah, blah. you ruin your walk with god with your walk with god You got to get into focus in the right things. And the church is necessary. Even when Daniel wasn't in the church, he knew he needed the fellowship of his brothers to get him through this difficult situation. And he made it known unto them and he said, Hey, boys, we got to pray that they would, verse 18, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. that they, uh, Verse 19. Then, after the boys got together and had a prayer meeting together, after they prayed together to build each other up and seek God instead of the problem, after that, then the secret, secret was revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He was literally getting ready to answer to the most powerful man the world had ever known. In God's eyes, it was the crowning achievement of human empirical knowledge and wisdom and glory. King Nebuchadnezzar was the top. And he's getting ready to answer him. You know how he answers? He comes before God and he says, I know who has the answers. I know where it's all at. He said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. Because King Nebuchadnezzar is not going to be forever and ever. And let me, t- ah I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to hold back on that. But I'm going to deliver that one because it's a great line i got to remember that because it's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, especially when you get the preacher voice going, that's a good line. I'm going to give it to you. Remind me if I forget that I give you the line. Because it's a good one. Woo! Hallelujah. Uh, Verse 20. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his, not Nebuchadnezzar's. And listen to what God does. And he changes the times and the seasons. King Nebuchadnezzar doesn't do that. Listen to what else God does. He removes kings. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost now, church. And setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things he knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwells in him. Church, our God is not surprised. he's not nervous. he's not upset about the problems that are coming against you. He's not set, upset about that this guy's going to wipe everybody out and David says or Daniel says, I need to reach God. I need to go to has the one who answers. I serve a God that answers. You serve a God that answers. He's not dead. He's not an individual like block that's up on a shelf, but he is the God that answers. And too many of us, we are so caught up in this election that's about to take place, and we got all our hopes. In Donald Trump, and all our hopes in Joe Biden, and all our hopes in this president, or that president, or this politician, or that politician, instead, that was the line, by the way, it ain't Donald Trump, and it ain't Joe Biden, it's God! It's Jesus Christ! It is God who raises up kings! It is God who takes those kings down! Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's time to get your magnifying glass and your telescope back on Jesus. He is the Savior, not the politician. You can't trust any of them anyway, but you can trust Jesus. You can trust your God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He raises him up and he brings him down. Let me tell you what happened. I'm going to skip ahead for time's sake. Verse 30, 31. Daniel is going before Nebuchadnezzar and he he drops some knowledge on Nebuchadnezzar. He tells him what he dreamed and what it means. I'm not even going to go into all of it because I told you before, this is not my wheelhouse. I was excellent in school. I made really good grades. I went to Bible college. I made really good grades. I have only ever failed. One class in my entire scholastic career. I thought I'd be smart and take eschatology. The study of prophecy. I was seeing all kind I didn't. You do not want to ask Pastor McFarland about prophecy because I am a pan tribber. I'm I don't know about pre-trib or mid-trib or post trib or all the other different words that they use, I'm a pan. I, it's going to pan out if I keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus and let him take care of the times and the seasons. He's the one that changes the times and the seasons. I want to pay attention to when the seasons are changing so I can be where he's at. Because if he leaves this place and goes over here, I don't want to be there. I want to be where he is. And that happens if your eyes are on him, you're going to be where he's at. So that's where my calling is. God's called me to preach the gospel, not to teach prophecy. You know what? As soon as I said that, I know God's going to start leading me to start teaching. I have to study all this prophecy and stuff. God is good. Where in the world was I? Verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee and from therefore thereof was terrible meaning great and powerful verse 32 and the king's head was of fine gold his breast and his arms of silver his belly and his thighs of brass his legs of iron and his feet partly clay or partly iron and partly clay thou sawest till that a stone was cut without hands which smote the image upon his feet that were iron and clay, and break them to pieces. I'm going to read one more verse. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like chaff of the summer threshing floor. You know what that is? Everybody knows what chaff of the summer flushing floor We do that all the time. Oh, i got to go get some chaff out of my summer threshing floor. It's not something we do. Let me tell you what chaff is. Chaff is when they're, they, they, everybody's seen, there's wheat. There's a little, everybody lift up your basket. See, you got to explain, people can get up and use all kind of fancy words. If nobody knows what it is, what good are you? This stuff right here is like wheat, and on those the seeds, that's the grain, that's the good stuff. So they would beat that and beat that and beat that till the good stuff would fall down, but some of the other nonsense that you can't use would fall down there. But it would be dusty, and they would just take it and kind of just lift it up in the air, and they would, like, take a blanket. They'd take a blanket with all the good seed in it and all the chaff, and they'd throw it up in the air, and the heavier seeds would fall right back down into the blanket. But the chaff would hit the wind and go, Can't do that very well without a microphone, but with a mic, it sounds really good. It just blows away because there's no substance there. There are churches that are built on the chaff and not the seed. And it just, whenever any trial or trouble comes, they don't even know where to go and they just blow away. And that's what's going to happen. See, this, I'm not going to go into it again because I told you and made it very clear it's not my wheelhouse. But the gold and the silver and the brass and the iron and the iron and clay, that is the kingdoms and the glory of human government and mankind. And he goes on to tell him, you can read it in the rest of the chapter, that the gold head was the kingdom of Babylon. It was the highest point of glory according to God's determination of glory. Because I'll tell you one thing about God. It don't matter how big or how bad the world is, unless they have something to do with his people, or unless they have something to do with the church, it don't matter to God. They ain't going to be in the book, because they don't have anything to do with what he's really dealing with And all he really cares about is his people. Aren't you glad you are his people? So here the the, the chaff is blowing away, but there is going to be a stone. Feel the Holy Ghost cut out of the mountain without hands. And that stone is going to come down to the last government that's still around. And we are in that last government, which is the iron and the, and the, the mud. And it's going to come down and it's going to break every bit of the gold and the silver and the brass and the iron and the iron and the mud. And it's going to be destroyed. And what's going to happen? Let me read on. Where was I? Verse 35. It's going to be like chaff. The gold and all that. That glory of the world and carnalness and worldliness and the things, the celebrity that we celebrate. And all the worldly things that we think are so important When Jesus comes down, because that's what the stone is. Hint, hint, I'm getting ready to show you that in a minute. But when Jesus comes down, it changes everything. All the kingdoms of the world will turn to chaff and just dust in the wind. And that stone that comes down, the wind carries them away and there are no place found. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and love Him one more time. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say uh, uh, Isaiah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he got real personal because that's what Jesus is. He's a personal God. It don't matter who your family is. It don't matter what your nationality is. It don't matter what all your heritage means nothing. You know what matters? How do you feel? I don't care what men say that I am. Who do you say that I am? Verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You see, Peter didn't have it all together, but he got tuned in to be on the same frequency, so he was listening to the right radio station that God was on. And let me tell you, church, church, when you get tuned into Jesus, all the mess doesn't matter. All your background doesn't matter. Who you were, who you're going to be, doesn't matter. Who the king is or who the king isn't, doesn't matter. What matters is I'm
1: tuned into Jesus.
7: And he said, I say unto thee, you're not Simon anymore. Simon is a is, is a reed that just goes back and forth with the wind and the waves. Wherever the world's going, that's where the way the, the Simon goes. But when Simon got tuned into Jesus, everything changed. And he looked him right in the eyes and he said, You're not Simon anymore. Thou art Peter, Petros, which means rock. And he said, Upon this rock, I will build my church. You know what the church is? The church is built on Jesus. You know what Jesus is? Jesus is that stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. You see what's so beautiful about that? We get we get we want to get our hands on everything. And and I I, I want to be careful. It is important for churches to have schedules and to have scheduling meetings, and to have programs and plans. We're doing this, and we're doing that. That's the vision that we need to have. I'm not saying anything against that. But sometimes you got to get your hands off of it because we are not a group of schedule meetings. We are a group called the church triumphant, the church of the living God. And we get together every Sunday. We get together every opportunity we get, not for the schedule meeting, but to hear from God Almighty. And we gotta let the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. There's a lot of stones that are trying to be built cornerstones. They're trying to have things built upon them. And they work carefully. Brilliant men. There are rich brilliant individuals men and women in our world that get together and uh, they uh, the, the media and like uh, television and movies they they what are they called? the illuminati type nonsense but the, but they there's legitimately really really powerful individuals that they get together and they are trying to cut a stone that they can build a world in their image And in the idea and the plan that they want to have established. But they don't understand because they've been trying to do it for thousands of years. But the church keeps marching on. And the church doesn't die. They burn them at the stake. They feed them to lions. They rebuke them. They put nonsense in their head. They try to do all kinds of stuff. But the church of the living God still stands. Because we're built on a stone that was cut without hands. And sometimes, church, you need to get your hands off of it and let God be God in your life. Sometimes you're in a situation like Daniel that says, answer the right answer or you're dead. And you don't have a clue how to get the answer. And you don't have anybody you can turn to to get the answer. It's time to get your hands off and say, God, it's time for you to show up right now and be God. And God is a God that answers. You're Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I may have talked to you about this before, but everybody recognized the gates of hell are a defensive thing. A gate is keeping people out. But the church is going into hell itself. And we're ripping those gates open because even if we find our abode in hell, Jesus is still Jesus. And he's still what we're built upon. And we can literally go into the gates of hell. We can grab every addict, every every defiled and, and messed up individual, every person that is running full blast to a fiery hell and damnation. But the church can keep on marching through, and they can bust those gates of hell open. What do we sing? There, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. This Peter that he spoke, this, this anointing, this rock that he was talking about, wasn't just Peter as an individual. He said, the church is going to be built on this rock. The understanding that Jesus is the stone. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus even talked about it in Mark chapter 14, verse 58. This is the bad guys, basically the ones that are trying to crucify him, and one of the reasons they said they're going to crucify him because they were repeating what he said. Listen to what he said. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands within three days, and I will build another made without hands. Your God is not dead. Stop living like he's dead and buried. Start living like he's on the throne and in control. Acts chapter 4. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Was I preaching? Acts chapter 4. I have learned if I go at the same speed, I'll probably pass out. (laughs) Or it'll be so much like a machine gun that people are like, will he ever shut up? So God has helped me to put in commercial breaks so you can hear what he wants to say. Amen. Thank God for commercial breaks. Some preachers need to learn to have some commercial breaks. Sorry, that's completely. I'll stop that. Acts chapter four. Back to the word. I'm having way too much comfort zone up here. Verse seven. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked by what power? Or by what name have you done this? Then Petros. Then Rock. Then Peter. Filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what that tells us? That tells us that Peter had his hands off of what he was getting ready to drop. That tells us that Peter was in tune to the right frequency. And that Peter was moving and delivering the words. Of that God, Jesus, that humanity has no power over. And they can put all the governments they want, but when he comes crashing down, they turn to dust. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. These were the authority. This was the human government that he was dealing with at that time. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. Be it known unto you all. This is how I know it's the Holy Ghost. Because there wasn't a fear in this man when he was speaking. Because he was under the anointing. And church, I know some of you have been under the anointing before. Let me tell you, it's addicting. You'll, live, you'll spend your life to get back to that place. You'll do everything you can to get back to the anointing. You know why? Because it's what you were made for. You are fearfully and wonderfully made for a purpose. So that you can do and be what he has called you to do. And until you're walking in the anointing. Until you're flowing and you're tuned in to the right frequency. And when the God of the universe and beyond speaks to you as an individual boy it does something to you you don't care who's in front of you or not you get to recognize i'm speaking with my god who's on the throne not my god who's in the tomb let me remind you someday the tomb is empty he ain't there anymore he's on the throne Of all power and all glory and all authority. And the best the world can come against you with is dust. And Peter gets up and he says, be it known unto you all. But he doesn't stop there. He says, be it known unto you all. And to all the people of Israel. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. Because I'm about to invoke the stone that was hewn out of the mountain without hands, where it's going to stand, and what it's what it's about, and what it's for, what its purpose is, be it known unto you all, that uh, where am I at? Verse ten, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him does this man stand before you whole. <clears throat> this is the stone that was set of not of you builders. You know what he's saying? You were the builders. You're the Jews. You're supposed to be building on this stone. But you chose another stone. Why are there a million, billion, zillion, jillion, gillion churches all over the place? Because they don't like the stone of how it's being built, you want to know the real answer? there is one church, and it don't matter what the name is on the outside or what the credentials are in the pastor's back pocket. What matters is, are they built on the stone of Jesus? This is the stone was said of not of you builders, which is the head cornerstone that means everything else has to be built on this stone and if it ain't on that stone it ain't the church it ain't gonna stand the governments are gonna kill it they're gonna destroy it they're gonna out they're gonna legalize a way out of it and it's gonna destroy and it's gonna fall and the doors are gonna close doors are closing all over america but the church of the living God needs some money because they're outgrowing the place where God put them. Because the chief cornerstone is where it's all built. The enemy. Now when they heard this, they when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been
1: with Jesus.
7: Stand with me. The cornerstone always is from Jesus. And when you get out in the dark and you get out in the woods, And you get out into the news and the talk radio and your friends and your family and the school system and this and the government and all that. You can get lost in the weeds. And you're wondering, where in the world am I even at? Am I in the right place where God wants me to be? Do I need this? What's going on? It's time to get your measuring stick back and line it back up. And if it lines back to the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. You keep on marching, church, because you've got hope. You've got a hope. And the world's going crazy. And it's difficult. And stress is everywhere. You line back up. And if you're lined up on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, you have peace that passes understanding. And when every enemy is coming at you with everything it's got. And they're trying to stop you. They're trying to bring you down. They're trying to fill your mind with hate and nonsense. Line back up. And if you're lined up with Jesus, remember whatever the enemy is, we've got victory. It's always been and always will be in the name of Jesus. I have no idea what's been going on, what the messages are that pastor's been preaching. I would love to tune into the stream every chance. But he knows, he probably, he don't watch my stream either. When you're bivocational and you love your flock, You don't have a lot of time. So you have to decide where you're going to put that time. And the Bible tells us the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, that the speed of life is going to increase. Even with the, And you know what? I believe this. I believe that it was going so fast that God says, I'm not quite ready yet. I got some folks that need to hear about the cornerstone." I got some folks that need to just take some time and get their measuring stick back up online. Are they still where they're supposed to be? And we had a pandemic hit us that shut everything down. And we had to reevaluate everything. But don't get, it don't matter what the politicians say. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. It's about to get going back on full speed. And when it does, we got to get going just as fast as it's going. Because he's coming back for the church. He's coming back for the church. Do you hear what I'm saying? He's coming back for the church. And I don't care what my name on the building says, I want to be lined up on the cornerstone. Every head bowed, every eye closed. In fact, just reach your hand right now toward the Wyatt family I'm going to lead in a prayer and I want you to be in agreement with my prayer if you feel it in the Holy Ghost if you don't feel it with the Holy Ghost just think about dinner or something we're going to agree together the Bible says any, any, when any two or three gather, agree together in my name touching anything it's going to happen I'm going to pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray. And there's some prophetic things that are going to be displayed in a moment. I'm taking my time to explain so you can be a part of the journey on this. I believe that in in every preaching, there needs to be some explanation about what's going on and not just moving through the cycles. This is an event that's happening right now, folks. God's fixing to speak into this place in the name of Jesus. On the authority of your word, God. I speak into the lives of Wayne and Nicola Wyatt. Into their children. Into this church family. I speak wisdom. I speak boldness. And I release a Holy Ghost anointing and strength right now. There will be opposition. Here it is right now. Opposition will come against you things of the enemy will come against you but remember i am your god i will stand with you i am not dead but alive i am coming forth with a great revival and you will see the salvation that i have ordained for you thus saith the lord receive it right now in jesus name lord god we worship Come on, somebody reach out to God for yourself right now. The pastor's already received the word. It's time to open your heart up right now. God, speak to me. God, change me. Let all the chaff and the dust float away. I want the real deal. Line me up again one more time. Am I lined up with the throne of cross? Am I still built on Jesus and everything that he has? Because if you ask him i'm here to tell you your god will answer he will answer thank you Jesus thank you jesus thank you Jesus
12: thank
7: you Jesus
12: you always make
7: I speak vision God
12: I speak vision
7: into your shepherd I speak vision into your flock in the name of Jesus we unite together as the church of the living God oh Jesus oh Jesus
12: I'm going to say one more thing and then I'm going to shut up Nothing
7: to Too many times, church, listen to me. Stop praying. God wants you to listen to me right now for a second. This is not normal. I don't normally do this. I, I never want to stop somebody that's praying unless this is directed by God. As you grow in God,
12: it's beautiful.
7: It's amazing. But it will expose some things in your life that are not lined up on the cornerstone. And I'm here to give you some beautiful wisdom. Stop dealing with the symptoms of sin. Get the cure. You know why you're still defeated and you're walking with God? Why you're still struggling and you're walking with God? Is because you keep trying to take medicine to deal with your symptoms instead of getting rid of the sin. You can have sin in your heart and come to church and feel good and repent and feel great about everything God's doing but your repentance is in crocodile tears and in in just name only because you're dealing with symptoms instead of getting the cure that's why you got marital problems that's why you're struggling with addiction that's why you're struggling with interpersonal relationships that's why your heart is filled with hate It's because you're just dealing with symptoms instead of getting a cure. You've got access to the cross. You've got access to the rock. Get it. Get it. Get it and you'll see a change like you've never seen before.
1: Get it, church. Get rid of
7: sin. And you know what? I've been serving God a long time. I'm 42 years old, going to be 43 this month. God called me to preach when I was 16 years old. I've been preaching longer than I haven't been in my life. And you know what I've learned? When you give up and let God be God, it's amazing. It's amazing. God's awesome. Thank you for listening to me ramble and speak my nonsense that not everybody honestly can receive God bless you, we love you I'm excited about everything going on I don't know who I give it to to the pastor, brother Scarlet, go ahead I'm done, I think it's time to close in fact I'm just going to take the liberty I'm going to pray a dismissal prayer I'm not going to put him on the spot because he might come up here and think well I guess maybe I'm supposed to have an altar call or something and that's not what it is it's, it, it, we're done We heard from God. Amen? In the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this precious, amazing group that I've I've been able to have the privilege to speak to. I pray your blessing be upon them. You will continue to lead them and guide them. Give them courage to be the church. To surrender to your lordship and be everything you've called them to be. In Jesus' name.
1: We love
12: you.
0: As usual, we have some cupcakes and juice back there. You're welcome to take one on your way out.
12: God bless you. I could serve.